0: Welcome to Group Talk, a podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program.
1: Welcome to Group Talk, one podcast featuring two unique shows. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Hey, Derek here, along with Esteban. That is Steve for short. Yes, that's for short. Good
2: morning, Steve. Good morning. I mean, it's it's so fun to be here
1: in the stinking morning. (laughs) What are we doing here anyway, this early, after almost a week-long lobby-gathering event? That is a great, I
2: mean, you know. Recovering from the sunburn we got from the 70 degree, 80 degree weather that we had. Is, is that rubbing it in people's face too much? No, I mean, we're just recovering. It's, it, it is a great lobby. It's its fun to look back on that and and look at the uh, just all that God did with connecting people. It was a great networking time. But man, Derek, when, when you look back on the lobby, I know we're not here to talk about the lobby, but when you look back on it, what was your highlight?
1: let me say first, for those who may not know, if you're new to the network, the Lobby Gathering is one of our premier small group networking events. We have it every year in SoCal in beautiful Rancho San Juan Capistrano.
2: That's it, man. You were going there like Rancho Capistrano (laughs) or something like that, but it's San Juan
1: Capistrano. But it was an amazing event. I think one of my top highlights was the small group model panel we had with you, Steve, and Dave Enns, and Jared Kirkwood. It was amazing to hear all of you guys talking about your different models, the pros, the cons. Loved it.
2: Loved it. You don't want to know what I loved? Yeah, what was your highlight? No, that was too forced. That's too forced. You don't care about what I like, man. <laughs> You're reading a script. I mean, it just went on, blew right past me. I, I, I love calling Dave Dave Inns, a liar. You know, that was a, that was a highlight. That was
1: an unfortunate highlight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, I think Tony Love uh, was probably the one that stood out the most to me. He uh, uh, was from the Buffini company. We've talked a little bit about their stacking effect. He was out here talking to us about that. And I think if people didn't come away with trying to go, you know, what who's my A+, that, that was a classic line that hopefully will air on a show later on so that you guys can uh, get up to that. Uh, he had other great little one-liners uh, with those things on the stacking effect. I mean, it is just it was great. I loved it.
1: Tony was incredible. There was so much crossover from what he shared. Yeah, and got to give some love to Derek
2: Jones who came along with him. You know, we yeah. did a little Q&A afterwards and he he brought the heat. He brought the Boy. heat with uh, Tony. Probably doesn't have a job, but he brought the heat.
1: <laughs> those guys brought the heat. And I know all the small group point people who were there were just blown away, literally fired up. Another highlight was... All the great topic time breakout sessions we had. So thanks to all of our small group network leaders who were leading those.
2: They they crushed it. Yeah, crushed it, crushed it, crushed it.
1: We also launched man a handful of huddles out of the lobby. That was pretty cool. Yeah,
2: got two accelerates generated for twenty twenty one. So that's
1: that's already cooking. Yeah. So a lot of connections made. It was always rewarding to see everybody making new friends, new connections. That's our prayer for this event. And we will have a highlight video ready soon. And if we get it done, yeah, and enough time, by the time we publish this podcast, it'll be in the show notes. I love it. I love it. So Steve, what is our theme for this amazing episode?
2: Hey, yeah, uh, today's theme that we're pushing through is evangelism and got lots to say about evangelism and uh, can't wait to dig into it. But I know we're going to hit some of the the higher level things, but I think we're going to carry this this theme straight through the show. We're trying to we're trying to do that. And I think we can successfully do it on this one, too. You know,
1: we're trying to get organized. We're trying to keep up with Carolyn and her show. Yeah, we got called
2: group talk light by her. And she <laughs> says, I said that, which I probably did. But I'm still not going to let her get away with it. But, you know, you know, she's, you know, she's, her nose was up in the
1: air. She's like, huh. I referenced our show excitedly to some of our leaders in the lobby. And they were like, what show? I know. They love Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn, show <laughs> us some love. Shout out to us. Like we're shouting out to you on the show. Come on, give it back to us. So based on where we're going with this show, Steve, what's the Saddleback Scoop in the hopper this time? All right,
2: man. Uh, All I can think of is as you're thinking about evangelism, it's tools, 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 and more tools. And, uh, you know, this uh, past couple weeks ago, I went for my annual checkup. Do you get your annual checkup, or you think you're too young for that kind of stuff?
1: I pray I'm too young for that kind of stuff. I
2: tell you, when the glove snaps <laughs> and the, and the stuff comes out, woo, baby, that's oh no fun. Gosh. But anyways, uh, but I go go for my yearly. I, I mean, it's one thing I've done my whole life. I every every new of the year, I get my checkup, and uh, I'm looking at my vitals and stuff like that. And uh, thankfully, at this age, I'm still you know you know on the right track for things. That's surprising. Well, I know it is a little (laughs) surprising, but, you know, what kills me is, uh, you know, their scale still broke. Their scale is still (laughs) broke at the doctor's office. It's just just amazing. But anyways, what I say all that to say is, you know, with our group leaders and our group members, what are we thinking about in the sense of tools and checking up? How do you know if evangelism is low with them? How do you know what you need to do with them? And so part of one of the things I, I would, you know, we're highlighting and excited about is our health assessment and our health planner that we have for individuals, our group assessment and our group planner that we have for the small groups. And, and it's not that you got to use our stuff, but the thing is, you got to have something that can do the checkup. And one of the things that we've learned in the, in the tens of thousands of health assessments, I don't know if that's 30 or 40 or how many tens of thousands of them, it's just that about 85% of the people come out and they'll say, I'm low in evangelism. And I've done conferences all over the planet, and when we've uh, there's a certain conference that I do where we actually walk through the health assessment real time. It's our advanced conference that we have that plays out, and when we do that, uh, they they see that they're they're going through and that evangelism is low on themselves, and so if if. 85% of the people at Saddleback Church and 85% of the people that I see at conferences, I see it all the time when they raise their hands on what they're low on, when they're when they're looking at the verbs in the Great Commission, Great Commandment. It is clear evangelism is one of the lowest. And so part of the scoop that I love at Saddleback is that, you know, we're, we're trying to get the tools in front of the people so that not only can they recognize it, and but and understand that they're lone evangelists, but then they can say, okay, what's a curriculum that our small group needs to do to kind of get us aware of that topic? And then what are some activities we're going to do? You know, once we get um, down to the uh, trending topic part, we're going to go into the activities that you can you can do in your groups that will help evangelism get raised. But before you start that out, I, I just one of the things I love at Saddleback is we're we're. We're loving to make tools. And so that is the scoop, doop, and it's not the poopa
1: up. <laughs> and we'll have this health assessment linked in the show notes. Yeah. Very good. So click on that and get healthy. Get the gloves out.
2: No, man. Let's try and avoid that part of it.
1: So, Steve, our key missional statements as the small group network are connecting personally, resourcing strategically, and impacting globally With this whole theme of evangelism, uh, how do these missional statements apply to our overall theme and to small group point people?
2: Yeah. I mean, for like the first decade of the small group network, we were focused on North America and really I'm talking just US, Canada, trying to get, you know, things dialed in with there. And as we've gotten that, about in 17, we were uh, thinking about, you know, okay, how do we take what we got and take it globally? Because God's opened up doors. And in fairness, there are people who are knocking on our door and they're saying, how are we going to bring these tools to us? How, how can you help us with what the network does for everybody in North America? And, you know, one of the coolest stats, I, I mean, Derek, I think you were the one that brought it to the to the lobby that we we have we are impacting. Some better than others. We're impacting 104 <laughs> countries uh through what we're trying to do, through those mission yeah. statements that you just write off about how do we help people connect personally, how do we resource them strategically? How do we help them even impact globally, right. you know, to where they're going. And so, you know, one of the things I love about the network is not only is there impact, but now there's some structure that's going on. Yeah. And when you're on our homepage and you and you've probably got the the cool link and everything, which I can't rattle off the top of my head. But um, global uh, smallgroupnetwork dot com slash team slash team. That's what I was going to say, but you (laughs) cut me off right there. But, you know, you can look at our teams that we have, and you'll see the North American team, you know, at the top. But as you start to scroll down, you'll see that we got some people, you know, excited about being a part of our global team and and impacting globally. And people who have a passion that are in-country someplace else that want to make that impact, take those three same missional statements and play them out in their country. And we're seeing some great traction through different pockets. So we have 10 directors Uh, that help us with that. It's going to be fun. We're doing our first global summit with them to, uh, you know, kind of uh, work on a StratOps with them on how we're going to do it more effectively. But, you know, if you know somebody that have a passion for a part of the planet that has nothing to do with the United States or Canada, man, you got to jump on there because on every one of the teams, there's a team lead that, that you can help out with. And uh, I'm praying, I doubt if it will be in the next two days, but we're trying to bring on our Middle East uh, network director. And uh, these are all people in country that are, are, are boots on the street to help make things happen. So go to that URL that Derek just said that will be in the show notes. And we want to make sure that you, you can be a part of that because the network is not just about us, it's about others. And I know every church, you support something globally and figure out how you can jump in with a small group network on that.
1: So good. So that is your network nugget for this episode. Check that link in the show notes and help us expand globally. So talk to us about our leadership learning today. Well, you know what?
2: Should I pick a rant? Is that what you're saying? You want me to Uh, pick a rant? Yeah, let's get real. You know, actually, uh, in this uh, episode, we're talking about evangelism. Uh, it, it, I, I can think of a quick rant really quick, because, you know, one of the things when you're in the group world long enough, you start to understand that, the, you know, people will talk about small groups. There's always catchy names way back when I first started. There were Koinonia groups and they were all based on fellowship and they were pushing through that. I remember when discipleship, you know, came in really strong. Uh, I remember when the Vineyard came up with a lot of serving opportunities, just group serving was, was the big thing. And then uh, missional groups, uh, you know, were, you know, were a fad that was, way, you know, way back in the last decade or maybe this decade. But I, I think my if, if there's an irritant or a rant, uh, and I'll get into a leadership learning here in a second. But, you know, it, it's when, you know, people always say, you know, do you have missional groups? And I'm just like going... That's like asking me, do I have a missional life? I mean, (laughs) mean, good Lord. I mean, you, any group has to have a missional component. Uh, The thing I love at Saddleback is, you know, we're always trying to take the five verbs and make every group strong in them and every person strong in them. And, um, you know, it's just that point of you got to have balance in your life. You got to have balance in the group. When things become too, too centric, on you know one single purpose, what can happen is that you know you got to think through, uh, you know where 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 are the other a- aspects of my life that I can go through, and if you're not careful, that group will turn into more of a ministry of your church and not working on discipleship because discipleship is multi-dimensional. Uh, but I think in line with this, I'll get off my rant uh, and my irritant of, you know, sometimes when things are so specific and they're just like going, you know, do you have this? And I'm like, going, why wouldn't you have this? Uh, but I can remember, um, you know, just talking to people about that. And so part of it is, but you do want to have a missional component. Uh, you want to have evangelism. I don't care if you call it outreach, evangelism, mission, missions. Uh, you know, the, you talk to true blood mission people and they're like, you know, is it mission or is it missions? You know, there's a big difference right there. Uh, do you call it missional? I don't care what you call it, but the thing is you got to have a part where you, you're you're helping people in your small group understand their life mission. So if I can go on some leadership learning, uh, I just want to go through four quick things. You know, I know we're going to burn up the the time here really quick, but you know, if you're trying to teach them that, start to think through, okay, what's your testimony? And that's just the story of how you found Christ. So there's the your testimony part. Second thing is, there is the your life lessons. And what are those important lessons that God showed you, or if you're not trying to get too churchy on them, that that you know, you've learned in your life? And you can talk about your life lessons. You can also talk about... um your, your passion, your godly passions that you have. And, and that is, you know, it's not about what we call it shape, but how is, what are the issues that God has shaped you to care about more than anything else that you can do with that to express your life mission? And then there's the bottom part. You got to know the good news. And that is, you know, what's the message that you want to, that you want to give out to people. And so part of what you got to think through is in your um, small group is how are you equipping your people with their life mission so that they can do uh, the very thing that you want them to do. And that is evangelism. And we're we're focusing on this a lot because, you know, bottom line, when you look at and we talk, I've talked about this before, but Jesus' preamble to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment was John 17 when he was praying, and he prayed the same things that he talks about in the Great Commission, Great Commandment. And, you know, when you look at those five verbs, the only one you're not going to be able to do in heaven is evangelism. Now, Derek, I've seen your lifestyle, and, you know, you may be able to do it when you get to the other side, but, you know— <laughs> me, I can't. But, you know, if you can do evangelism when you're on the other side, you know, obviously you're in a bad place. But the the point you got to understand is there are some things we'll do in heaven, but one of them is clear that we won't do, and that's evangelize. And so you've got to be able to figure out, okay, how do I get that dialed into my groups? How do I get them to understand it? And so part of the leadership lesson is more macro focusing on, you know, how are you bringing out those four aspects uh, into their, uh, their life mission, but then how do you as a small group kind of take it to that next uh, level?
1: Good stuff. And I love how you, Steve, talk about in planning small groups with purpose on redefining evangelism uh, for your group and for your group members and how it doesn't have to be closing the deal and leading someone to Christ as amazing as that is, but it's also simple things like inviting them to church, uh, having them over for a meal, and just opening that door.
2: Yeah, and uh, actually, uh, I think uh, Rick, in his uh, in Purpose Driven Life, writes a lot on this. And I think it's day thirty-seven that that he talks a lot about life mission. But he's got you know four, five, six, seven chapters that are just amazing on this aspect that the everyday person can grab.
1: So our theme is evangelism, and now for the trending topic, the meaty part of the show you've all been waiting for on pins and needles. Here it goes. So Steve, talk to us about evangelism in small groups
2: uh i'm sorry i'm just making faces at derek Ways talking you know with that so you know no but i mean obviously this is you know our trending topic is evangelism it's going to be so important that you understand that because you know we talked about it saddleback you know uh with our our you know that we're talking about the saddleback scoop was our health assessment it's it really showed us the the deficit that people felt they were at and and how they were were that way and we just talked about How it's the only purpose you can't do when you get to heaven, and it's it's important. But I think the most important thing to me is uh, I found Christ through a small group. And if you know my story, my sister attended a small group, and she brought the gospel home. So it it plays a big piece in who I am. But I think it's going to be important for all of us in the small group the world that as we're small group point people, you know, making sure evangelism can happen in our groups, we got to think through. Okay, how do we frame that up? How do we How do we do that? And I think part of it is you got to first off start to reframe what evangelism is, Uh, because so often, and I was taught this when I first became a Christian, it's that you've got to figure out, you know, how do you lead someone to the Lord? And and that's important. We talked about that in the uh, leadership learning that, you know, one of the most important things is you got to know how to share the good news. And how do you tell people about, you know, what's the message of the good news and how Christ does that? And there's, you know, there's the Roman Road and there's the ABCs and at Saddleback, we have a base acrostic. No shock. Um, <laughs> bonus points, Derek, if you can tell me the base acrostic, but don't worry about it right I now. keep going. <laughs> keep going. Uh, but, you know, one of the things you got to do is you got to redefine evangelism. And so often it, it is that, that aspect of leading someone to Christ. Nothing better than that in a small group uh, when it happens that way. But part of it is understanding that scripturally in 1 Corinthians uh, th- uh, 3, 6, and 7, I think it is, it talks about, you know, some plant, some water, but it's the Lord who brings the harvest. And so often we, are, we forget, you know, in the agricultural principle, if you don't plant, you don't water, Things are not happening. Things aren't growing. Crops aren't, you know, happening. You know, I was just up in Northern California and the vineyards and everything. And and if you're not making those those plants, if you're not planting them, if you're not watering them, it's just there's no harvest that's going to happen. And so part of what you got to think through is okay, in in evangelism in small groups, I'm going to break it down even further than this. But you know how how do you do that? How do you uh, structure things that are plant? things that are water and things that, uh, you know, if the Lord brings the harvest, then, then you can act on. And so part of what we do is in evangelism, we're trying to say, okay, how do we make it so that it's easy for you to do? We always try to think through crawl, walk, run opportunities. And then we also think in three playgrounds in the area of evangelism. One of the playgrounds is personal. You know, uh, in our team meeting, Derek and I were talking with the team and just talking about personal evangelism. And um, part of what you got to think is, okay, personally, how am I engaging evangelism? And uh, everyone in the small group needs that accountability uh, to be able to do that. Uh, One of the things that was fascinating from our Daniel plan, uh, when we introduced that to our congregation, the people who got their life healthier and ended up losing weight the best were the ones that were in small groups. Why? Because they had community that was cheering them on and saying, way to go, and that the way to make it happen and stuff like that. And so part of that is, you know, understanding that, you know, inside your small groups, you should be everyone should be encouraging personal evangelism to happen. Get into that in a second. The other thing is locally. You know, locally in your community, how are you making evangelism happen? Now, a lot of churches, they call this outreach. But again, your groups can piggyback on that and make an impact in uh, doing it together so you can have the projects with that. And then globally, you know, okay, how does your small group, you know, jump into that global environment to make things happen? Now, one of the things we learned when we did 40 Days of Peace the first time around is we were trying to make all small groups go on the same mission trip. And what we found out was that was a train wreck because people had different passions for different parts of the planet. So the main thing was getting them on a trip. uh, But the the part of it is, is that we all own the principles, but our methodologies fall a little bit different. So let me break this down for you real quick as we go into personal, local, and global, and I'm going to reverse it. I'm going to go global, local, personal. So on the global side, You know, what you want to be thinking through is how your groups can engage with it. Now, you heard me talk about our peace plan. And so our run step is to have all of our small groups engaged in our peace plan in some fashion, some shape, some way. Uh, One of the things that we try to do is uh, inside that we, we have crawl, walk, run steps that our groups can do that. And, you know, part of a crawl step for a group is saying, what part of the planet are you passionate about? Where is it? and for most of it you know uh, you know with the um, the 23x and the and the ancestry.com things like that people are getting to know a little bit more of their roots and people are starting to have a little bit more passion about where where, where they're from And part of what you want to be able to do is give them to start thinking through what global opportunities can you pray about? A very crawl step is acknowledging of of a key area that's deep inside your soul. What are you burning about? What part of the planet do you want to engage on? And just praying about that and saying, okay, is there an unreached or unengaged people group in the area that I'm passionate about? Then the other thing you want to start thinking through is, you know, understanding home and away teams in, in the global aspect. So whatever your crawl, walk, run steps are, you want to think about, you know, not all the small groups going to go on the trip. And so who's going to stay behind? They are the home team. And who's going to go out? They are the away team. And, you know, what does the home team do? Well, it depends on the lifestyle of the group. You know, if when when we were young in our small group and our kids were all at home, whoever was on the away team and they were out doing the missions trip, the home team, we just took care of their kids. We made sure they had their lunches packed, that they went to school, they could stay over at our places, that we'd do those pieces. Uh, you know, now when we're older, now we're making sure that their parents who they're taking care of, uh, you know, we, we we pack their puddings and stuff like that. You know, we make sure they get to the geriatric. You know, you know, and I I poke fun at it, but it's, it's a stage of life that, you know, we all can, some of us can relate to. And the thing is, but the value you've got to understand is that Everybody is doing global mission when some part of the group goes on mission because the home team is just as valuable as the away team and helping them get a win on that. And then, you know, obviously the, the run step is when your group is fully engaged in one of the aspects of our peace plan. And that is, you know, are you helping to plant churches that promote ro- reconciliation? You're actively on the ground helping that happen. You're equipping servant leaders. You're assisting the poor. You're caring for the sick or you're educating the next generation. And if you go to thepeaceplan.com, you can you read more about that. But you've got to have some global interface that can engage your groups in a way, whether it's from just acknowledging a place on the planet uh, you know, to seeing you know, are there unreached, un- unengaged people groups? Uh, or, you know, are we going to try and engage you into the home and the way team? Uh, or is everybody involved in some aspect in the peace team?
1: I like, Steve, how you also in your book talk about another thing that a small group can do to engage in global evangelism, maybe if they can't all go, is focus on Bible translation. Yeah to a, a people group they feel called to, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, totally. And, you know, there's all kinds of uh, things on the internet that in a lot of your missions departments in the, in the denominations your church are a part of, or if you go to finishing the task uh, and look that up, you can uh, understand that. So good point. Now, on the local side in in small groups, I mean, part of what you want to be here is thinking through a little bit of the same framework, but saying, how can we engage in different areas? I'm just going to rattle off a few areas that your small group can get engaged with, which is evangelism. Uh, There can be community needs. And in each one of these, you can think through what's a crawl, a walk, a run step that your small group can do. Because they're, they're all can be, they all can go as deep as you want or stay as shallow as you want. But you might want to think of community needs. What are some things in your community that need to be done? Because you can engage as a small group with your community and, you know, and volunteer and help them with a project with that. What are some school needs? You know your small group could adopt one of your kids' classrooms and say, "How do we come alongside you? How do we help this out? You're bringing light into a dark world." What are some of the events that go on around in your community that that you guys can engage with uh, during the holidays? What are some uh, some things that are 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 focused uh, around uh, again in your community that you can say uh, our our small group can make a difference? You might have a passion area. What is a passion area that you want to do? We have. Uh, You know, one of our, uh, you know, not just one, but multiple of our small groups, but they had passion for the Native American area uh, that is close by us. And so there's a passion that came out of that. Uh, One of our, another just example is a, a guy was passionate about basketball. And so he would do basketball camps and try to help out with that. But there's ways you can do that. Crises. Uh, whenever there's a crisis in our in your area, both both environmentally and sociologically, those are key areas that groups can be mobilized to help out with, to to show the love in a positive way. And then one last one, uh, and Derek, I'd love to get your feedback on maybe on some of these, but on one last one, you may, you can take one day trips. Uh, you know, for us, we're close to Mexico. You can do a day trip into Mexico and. And, uh, you know, do some uh, projects there. Uh, But, you know, you don't have to go out of the country to find needs where you can help on a one-day trip.
1: So good. Speaking of day trips, uh, one of my favorite day trips that you can do with your small group as far as evangelism, and this is not even a day trip, it's a half a day trip, is going to the assisted living homes in the area. It's an amazing way where everybody in your group, from the adults to the kids, can engage in evangelism, and you show up, you, you practice a couple hymns, maybe beforehand, you uh, give a call to the assisted living home, find out when a good time is to serve the residents, usually during lunch, and you sing to them a couple songs, and then you just go hang out, you listen to them, you touch them, and I've never seen one dry eye when we've taken a group to do evangelism. An assisted living home because those are people that need love and they're often so lonely.
2: You know, well, my parents were in a small group. That's what they did that for nine years. It's funny you should bring that up, but yeah, it's a it's a powerful thing that you can do. Okay, let me touch on personal evangelism uh, because that's probably the one that groups can engage with immediately because there's always people in your group and you can do this. One of our fun thirty uh, second exercises we do is. Who's who? What's the name of one unbeliever that needs to know Christ that so you can build a relationship with? Uh, but you know you can start to think through just some circles of that you have to see. If you don't know an unbeliever, and that may be family, uh, there could be friends uh, that you have that that uh, you hang out with that don't know Christ. There could be people in the factory or the firm. You know, we're keeping everything to S, but that's really your workplace. Uh, with that, you know, is there a place? People at your work. Is there uh, people you do hobbies with? If you're a gym rat, are there people at the gym you should uh, you know find out? You know who who may not know Christ uh, that you can be with them or hobbies that you may have, book clubs, things like that. Um, Frequent uh, places you go to frequently: uh, dry cleaners or the grocery store or the, your barista, things like that. Uh, and then another. We have a sixth one called the faceless you know, people that, you know, they're just divine appointments that God brings to you that you know, they know they're not. Now, when you engage this, the, these people, you've got to think, am I planting the seed of Christ? Am I watering it? Or am I harvesting it? And more times than not, you're in the plant phase, uh, or the water phase, and you've got to think through, how do, how do I build it? And this is where we the the principle of relational evangelism. And part of what we know is that those that come to know Christ are usually your friends. Your enemies never come to know Christ. And so when you're a friend to them, you can start to build that relationship uh, and you start to understand, you know, okay, because I know who they are in their heart behind them, I may be able to listen to the gospel. So in the planting phase, you're always thinking about how do I build a relationship with them without trying to uh, freak them out? You don't need to tell them that they're that you're a Christ follower yet what you're trying to do is you're just trying to identify people might be your neighborhood might be your workplace might be a sports club or something like that but you're trying to make sure that you know the people that the sphere of influence that God is giving you you need to know them well enough to know what's their spiritual temperature I remember on a podcast uh, we did in the earlier episodes, we talked about uh, the speak acrostic of story, passion, encouragement, abilities, and knowledge that we walk through, so you can build a conversation with anybody. But you've got it in the personal side; you've got to be able to say, "Okay, wh- where are they at?" If you don't know them at all, you're in the plant phase, and so you just want to get to know their name and you know what what excites them and who they are and stuff like this. And then you know what's if you know, if you've gotten to know them and everything, is there a way that you can water this seed a little bit by sharing with them, you know, maybe some introductory steps of, uh, of, of who Christ is in your life, whether that's through you talking about it, inviting them to something, giving them exposure to the gospel and things like that. Then there may be just the, the, the way that God gives you an opportunity to share Christ with people. And so you want to think about that in your small group with each and every person.
1: Steve, on the personal evangelism subject, so cool, quick story. Uh, my wife's birthday was on leap year, so she just turned ten.
2: He's not a pervert, you know. <laughs> when you, I saw, I saw your social media <laughs> post, you know, dude, it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, happy birthday to my wife who's ten years old. It's like
1: spooky. <laughs> Hashtag leap year. <laughs> so she had a birthday party. Some friends put on for her at coffee. And my wife has uh, been uh, babysitting or she's been watching kids of uh, this family of some business executives. And so she's been you know, the caretaker of these kids. Well, she's kind of built a relationship with a mother. And so long story short, her friends were throwing her a birthday kind of coffee outing for an hour. And she thought, you know what? I should probably invite um, this mom to join. It could be a cool outreach opportunity. Mm-hmm. So she comes to the coffee, doesn't know any of these other Ladies from Saddleback. And they're having a great time drinking coffee. And they start to go around the room and all say what they're thankful for, for my wife. And then my wife turns it on them and starts saying what she's thankful for to them. Awesome. And this, this uh, lady that she houses was so moved. She said, I have got to come to your church. I have got to do whatever I can in my schedule to work part-time so that I can be around you people. Christ. I've never experienced anything like this. And so it was just a cool story and it was so unplugged.
2: And she and probably never imagined that would happen no. from inviting to, to coffee. right? Now, it doesn't turn out that way every time. But the point is, is you create the environments and God brings the people. Because when people come to you, you don't know if their, their seed got planted a decade ago and right. it's been watered for 10 years and God's just bringing it to you for the harvest. You don't know if you're the one planting the seed or you're the one watering it, but defining what evangelism means for your small groups has helped our small group people understand, you mean if I just get to know somebody, if I get to know the people in my neighborhood, I'm doing evangelism? Yes, you are. Evangelism is not only just leading people across the line. Evangelism is just getting to know
1: people. So good. So that is our trending topic for this episode, evangelism. And evangelism specifically in your small groups. So take that to heart. Share this with uh, your small group. Share this with your small group hosts, uh, your leaders. Share this with anybody possible. And as always, we want to thank you guys for joining us today. If you have an idea for us or a small group question you'd like Steve to address on a future podcast, send us an email. Uh, group talk at smallgroupnetwork.com. And until next time. Goodbye.
2: Or a little, maybe some a little bit
1: softer, like see ya. Hey,
2: small group network family, Jason Banzoff here, group talk producer and small group network, creative arts director. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of group talk. And thank you to Steve and Derek for that great episode. I'm loving getting a new episode every week. Now, before we go, let's talk about smallgroupnetwork.com. Visit smallgroupnetwork.com and register as a member to enjoy a variety of free, insightful small group ministry resources, such as articles, videos, and find links to books and curriculum ideas. Members also have the ability to join or start huddles, access our exclusive Communities of Purpose forum, and connect with and message fellow small group point people from around the world. Make sure you visit smallgroupnetwork.com today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Group Talk, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program,